Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, our metro system is a test of whether we can work together. Trying to get the whole region together on this, it's going to be a huge challenge. But if it doesn't get done, then metro is basically going to go back to where it was before Wiedefeld came in, which was underinvesting and gradually deteriorating, losing riders, raising safety concerns. So th this is really a huge test for us in the Washington region. For many people, the metro is a sign of function, dysfunction, a canary in a coal mine, or perhaps just the way they get to work. Bob McCartney is senior regional correspondent the Washington Post. He's been following the development of issues with Metro very closely, and we're lucky to have him with us today. Bob, thanks for being with us. Good to be here, Jonathan. Well, is Metro... So it's important. It's the arteries, the, the lifeblood of the region. It's the main artery. It's like the aorta for the transportation system in the Washington region. Well, I hear that the patient isn't doing too well then. What's what's the latest and greatest Very badly. Very no, badly. Well, the finances are, are headed for a cliff unless they get fixed. And the politics are that in order to fix the finances, in order to get more money for the system, you have to have reforms in the labor relations, probably in governance and management. The new general, the general manager who's been there since November of 2015, Paul Wiedefeld, is widely seen as a potential savior for Metro. And he uh, last week came out with a big plan, his plan for the first time we're hearing from him directly about what he thinks Metro needs to do. And the two main things he wants to do are get uh, dedicated funding to generate uh, half a billion dollars a year for capital investment and also get a lot of labor concessions from the unions. And it's sort of a big trade-off where in order to get political support, especially from Republicans in Congress and Richmond, in order to get public political support from them for the tax increases, uh, he's going to basically wring some stuff out of the unions. Now, of course, the three different parts of this jurisdiction, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, all have their different political viewpoints with respect to taxation, labor, unions, and so forth. So he's trying to thread a very thin needle, isn't he? Yes, then that's exactly the phrase he used. He's trying to thread a needle. It's actually a four-way tug of war because it's not just the three jurisdictions, but also Congress. Congress has a lot to say about this. In fact, he needs Congress to change a law that would make basically strengthen management's hand in arbitration of labor disputes. Uh, he also needs Congress to come through with uh, extension of the $150 million a year subsidy of federal funds unique to the metro system for capital investment. But Trying to get the whole region together on this for something as big as labor concessions and governance reforms and, most importantly, tax increases, it's going to be a huge challenge. But if it doesn't get done, then Metro is basically going to go back to where it was before Wiedefeld came in, which was underinvesting and gradually deteriorating, losing riders, raising safety concerns. So th this is really a huge test for us in the Washington region. Do you think there's also an issue here of what uh, a conversation around what it means to have a public good? Oh, we absolutely. The, there's a lot of disagreement about right. that. I mean, some people, especially on the left, see this as a major public good, and it's something that everybody should be willing to make sacrifices for in order to support 
the, you know, this crucial part, the central part of the Washington Transportation Network. But a lot of other people just read the comments on stories or or read the Twitter attacks on Metro. A lot of people just see it as a huge see public transit as a huge boondoggle that requires a lot of subsidies, sucks up a lot of money, pays for a lot of you know, unaccountable, you know, frankly, you know, not low performing workers who are protected by sweetheart union deals. I mean, there is real polarization about this issue. So in a way, the conversation about Metro is is being impact or just reflects the current political climate we're in. That's true. It, It in many ways, it does. What's different, of course, is that the Washington region, for the most part, you know, is democratic and, and liberal leaning. So you would think that the Washington region would want to support Metro going forward and would be willing to pay more in taxes in order to protect it. But there's still a lot of people who don't like tax increases, mm-hmm. liberal or not. And of course, Whatever is going to happen with Metro, it's going to need support from Congress, which is controlled by the Republicans, and from the Virginia State Legislature, which is controlled by Republicans. Not to mention the Maryland governorship, uh, which is, of course, uh, Larry Hogan. He's a Republican. So it's even though this region is, for the most part, Democratic, uh, the GOP, a lot of GOP support is going to be necessary to make this happen. And, you know, you think about even places where, for example, Fairfax County, which tried to do the meals tax, you're Absolutely right, Bob. There is not a lot of appetite for increasing taxes, even if it's for schools or metro. I'm highly skeptical, I guess, speaking for myself, that this is going to be resolved in a way that's going to be happy for us all. What's the end game if this Herculean task isn't accomplished by management? Well, that's a very tough question. I think there's a couple of possibilities. Let's say there's three possibilities. One of them is that if it can't get through, then you have a control board. Either the feds or the region basically scraps the current governance structure, administrative structure, and brings in a control board, you know, with extra powers, superpowers to basically straighten things out, um, which would involve probably sticking it even more to the unions Mm -hmm. um, and making cuts in service uh, in order to, to, to cut costs. The second possibility is that it just deteriorates uh, for, you know, it, it just deteriorates further and, and you, you know, cut into, you, you don't have enough capital investment and the reliability suffers and the safety suffers and uh, ridership declines and you basically go into into a death spiral and then the third one third possibility i think this is really unlikely is that the whole thing gets privatized uh is that they basically you know bring in this is sort of the conservatives dream is the the it's no longer a public service at all it basically is taken over by private industry i think that's extremely unlikely but it is something that's raised now and again that's interesting I, i'm not aware you know my travels around europe and elsewhere of privatized railroads or privatized uh, mass transit to that level that could be very that could be an interesting experiment so it's fair to say based upon what we just discussed that this may be the most important issue with respect to whether or not this region can get itself organized to solve a big problem. I would I think that's true. I think it's the biggest test for the region certainly in my memory. The you know it wasn't it was a huge challenge to build the metro system 
back in the 60s, but that was a very different time. I mean, it was the Great Society Subway, as the, the famous book about Metro is titled. Uh, there was a lot of faith in government. There was a lot of money floating around from government. The federal government basically paid 80% of the cost of building Metro. Uh, the region did come together uh, for it. It was a huge success story. I think this is now the, the biggest test, unquestionably, of whether this region can get its act together in order to protect this extremely important investment. You know, Paul Wiedefeld was saying yesterday, $40 billion has been sunk in this system. That's what has already been invested in this system, $40 billion. Are we going to protect that? Are we going to keep it going? Are we going to maintain it? Or are we just going to let it slide? Last thing I want to ask you is a little more personal. As a citizen of this community, how are you feeling about this? Is this frustrating? Are you optimistic? What, what's your take on it? I wish I could say I were optimistic. I mean, I have I grew up here and I remember when the metro opened and it was such an exciting phenomenon. I mean, you had this wonderful new system. I remember my father said, my late father said, you know, people are willing to take care of it because they're given something that's really good, that's really high quality, and they're proud of it, and they want to take care of it, and and we've lost that. So I wish I could be optimistic, especially about people's willingness to, to raise taxes in order to come up with the money that's necessary to invest in it. The one thing that makes me maybe a little bit hopeful is Everybody seems to recognize across the political spectrum that this is something that needs to be done, it, that it would be a huge setback for the region if it doesn't get done. And it's really just a question of everybody making a lot of compromises in order to get it done. Well, Bob McCartney, Senior Regional Correspondent for The Washington Post, that was great perspective. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. The indications are this region will face some challenges for growth as we head into 2017. The people you hear on this show are the folks who are going to make the difference and make things happen. So thanks for listening to this episode of What's Working in Washington. Remember, our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online contributors are Michael Hoffman and Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two bands here in the D.C. region, Two Car Living Room and The Sunbathers. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and don't forget to rate the podcast that helps us spread the word about the interesting stories we're telling on what's working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.